Hey y'all, and welcome back to another episode of the Sassy Boys Podcast. Next week, we're going to have a pretty hot episode talking about the 10 commandments you need to take under consideration when you're launching a lifetime deal. But before that, we thought we should probably let the audience know what a lifetime deal is. So dropping actually the first episode we ever recorded was an internal episode talking about the ins and outs of a lifetime deal, what it is, why people are concerned, and what are the main benefits behind it. And I think it'll really alleviate some of those questions that people who didn't know what a lifetime deal have prior to next week's episode. Excited for y'all to dive in. Yeah, so we're going to call this segment the Red Zone Special, right? It's going to be, we get 20 minutes to explain a pretty intensive concept to you guys and do our best at it. Um, To start this off, we're going to Take a little bit of a bite out of a big whale. It's going to be a recurring theme that you see throughout this episode and this chronology that we have building, but kind of want to just get in front of this, right? I mean, a lot of people are probably going to wonder how these 20-year-olds are talking to all these startups, these founders, these companies, and there is connective tissue between pretty much every conversation we're going to have here, right? Um, Naively, we work at a company called AbSumo. We get access to a huge legacy of startups, founders, and entrepreneurs who are building something exciting on this world. And I mean, the main vitamin that they're all taking is this lifetime deal aspect that our company provides. So you're going to hear that term a lot, maybe unique vernacular for a lot of you guys. So we're just going to do a quick kind of classroom study on what this is, how it works, what are the pitfalls, and just really have a more philosophical question about the whole ordeal that we're kind of undertaking here. But um with that said, we only got 20 minutes, so I want to get right into it. Jason, do you mind uh, just breaking down and giving a quick definition of a lifetime deal? Yeah, I mean, before we dive too much you know, into the lifetime deal itself, you, let's just give like a 20-second synopsis of what AppSumo is. We just get this pitch. We talk to partners. Um, they launch lifetime deals with us. Ultimately, AppSumo is a software marketplace really tailored to the, you know, down market space from freelancers to SMBs, marketers, all the way up to startups and agencies. So people launch their tools on AppSumo. And then, you know, we have an audience of a little over 3 million people who purchases those tools. And the reason they come and purchase the tools is because of lifetime deal. So just wanted to give that quick synopsis, give it back to Brendan um, to explain a little bit about, you know, the lifetime deal definition itself yeah so i mean seeing off jason's point right we're in an environment where we're essentially introducing adolescent or new companies to a global buying audience right when you're trying to invent trust in people or get people into a software vehicle it's really tough to do that if your pricing mechanism is going to be the same as every other monopoly or competitor out in the marketplace so absumo over a decade ago invented this concept of pay once have access to a certain sense of functionality for life, right? The definition is as simple as that. It's a one-time purchase for access to software for as long as a user chooses. Um, Obviously, the the ground pitch there is that the barrier to entry is a lot lower and the ability to buy into the vision and the aspirations of a company is a lot higher. So you're able to introduce companies and give our audience a really easy, biteable, digestible size to enter that experience and that journey. Um, And... That's understandably probably a huge word <laughs> and a huge concept to grasp, especially for those who've never heard it before or understands the unique economics of a SaaS company. So 
I mean, just off first impression, Jason, when you first heard a lifetime deal, <laughs> when you came here, I mean, what was your cardinal impression of that? And did you have your blinders on? Did you have your red lights going off? Or was it something that you're like, oh, that makes sense? <laughs> I mean, I've been paying a million subscriptions. So I like to audit my credit cards at least once a year. And I find just craziness in there all the time. Um, so when I heard a lifetime deal from the user side of things, I was like, hell yeah, this is amazing. Um, but from the partner side of things, I was extremely confused on how the hell this is sustainable, um, why anybody would offer this. Um, so that's really, I mean, what I would love to dive into, give people you know, a little bite of really why any partner would want to do this. So I guess what, what's the main pro other than, you know, making it super digestible and that bringing the barrier entry down, I guess, what is the pro and what kind of companies are generally the ones launching? Yeah. So I'd say the main vehicle or the main composition you want to have if you're doing a lifetime deal is the goal should definitely be intelligence, right? Getting users out there in this day and age is either organic, bought, paid, or it takes a hell of a long time, right? There's all these systems in place. And really what a lifetime deal allows you to do is just open the floodgates for a moment in time, right? I, I think we both know that a lifetime deal is something not something you turn on once and leave it open for 12 years, right? This is supposed to yeah. be some type of flash vehicle. And what it does is kind of what we hinted at, right? It gets people into the front door without all of their hesitations or their speculations with the tool because it's undeniably an amazing opportunity for them to try out your tool. So what you mm -hmm. want to figure out when you do a lifetime deal is how do I leverage a mass audience? How do I get people into my tool? And how do I pull the most ammunition I can out of that, right? If this is simply about yeah. a vanity metric of a couple thousand users, I would not assume this is a good proposition for you. But if you want to learn how to position your tool, learn about use cases, and identify where to take that market, I think that's a great opportunity for you as well. But um, I mean, from your so, side, Jason. So really, I mean... So it's a long play. Is that, what, is that what I'm getting out of it, Brendan? Like this it, isn't it something to just holistic. to get it. It has to be yeah. holistic, right? You can't just turn it on and turn it off. We're not shooting silver bullets here. This is yeah. something that you should have an integrated market strategy for. And, and I think there's a lot of ways to leverage that community once you get it in the front door and capitalize on that. If, I mean, I'm sure you can affirm me on there. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And I mean, for a lot of companies, like, they think it's just a cash grab and that's really not the, the value of a lifetime deal. It's really, I mean, as you mentioned, like harnessing that community, using them for long-term growth to not only, you know, give you more validation, um, but also use that validation and all that feedback you get from the community to help drive MRR down the line. So, I mean, in any SaaS company, the biggest concern they have that's always, you know, coming in the door is we're looking for MRR. How does that work when coming to a lifetime deal? Um, and really, I think the biggest thing is just to understand that this is, you know, a short flash sale. It's not a long-term play. You're not leaving a lifetime deal up forever. Um, so it's ultimately to get those early adapters in the door, um, to get the validation to lead to long-term growth, lead to MRR yeah. down the line. And I mean, tell me a little bit about, I guess the insights partners have uncovered through Lifetime does that at least you've seen, right? I mean, I think a lot of these companies come with a hypothesis for their company and they leave with clarity, right? I mean, they tell us one way yeah. they want to market position. 
And then they come do one of these campaigns that opens their doors to a lot of people who wouldn't necessarily be in their target market because they may need the two in six yeah. months. They're like, hey, we had a bunch of coaches come into the platform. I mean, I think that's one of the better understandings too, is you understand where to point your arrows when you do get into a little bit more of a marketing infrastructure. Yeah, no, I think that's, I mean, half the benefit of coming to AppSumo is we have a really broad audience. So as mentioned, you know, 3 million people and they vary, you know, all over the board. So they might be coaches, freelancers, agencies, et cetera. And oftentimes we're talking to tools that might be targeted even up market. And it's really pitching, you know, what's the value of coming to the SMB space? Why would a partner want to hop on there? And like, ultimately, you know, what are you getting out of that? And for a lot of these customers, they don't know at this point in their market strategy, who's really going to you know, find value out of the tool. Um, so I think that's what's really special about it is you, you get to throw this in an audience where it's consumed by anybody who wants it really in that space. And a lot of people figure out that who they thought they were, should be marketing to is ultimately not the audience that's going to be consuming their product. Um, and it's, I mean, over their 30 to 60 days on AppSumo, they've completely changed the roadmap down the line. I mean, I'm sure you've dealt with that a lot, Brendan, on your side. I know I have. Um, yeah, I think also what I find from people who do lifetime deals independent of AppSumo and on AppSumo is the preparation aspect of it. Um, not even from the marketing, but how they're distributing it. I see a lot of companies do like a one code, like their entire package for a lifetime deal at $299, right? Um, yeah. I feel like that really limits you a vital aspect of how people perceive your tool, right? When you do this concept, you're able to get people in the door and then get a real litmus test on how people perceive the different functionalities of your tool. Like, mm -hmm. for example, at AppSumo, if you're unfamiliar, we probably do three different options of varying lifetime deals ranging in price with features distributed across them. That's a very good idea just to see how people give a fuck about your product at the end of the day. Like, if they're not going to pay... 199 for life to unlock a certain feature set that you think is incredibly valuable. That's very good information to have for you. And a lifetime deal yeah. opens up the doors to see if people care. Cause if they're not going to buy your tool at that price range, I, I wouldn't be offended. I'd be more considerate of what I need to do better as a company <laughs> and like why yeah. it's, selling. It it's not a flash in the pan. It's something that you have to really have a lot of pensive and prudent thought about how you're going to get these insights and learn from them in that period of time that it's operating. Yeah. So I guess that leads me to my next you know, question is, I mean, Companies are coming in, they have the subscription-based pricing. And I guess, how do you set them up for that success? Um, yeah. I mean, a few things. One, we're really lucky to be at AppSumo in the same way that a stock market's really lucky to have all that historic data to be able to predict what a new listing price is going to be based on categories. So the first thing you want to do is find reference points, right? If you're anybody out there who wants to do this independent of AppSumo or any other affiliate platform, I recommend at least coming to our site to see what other competitors are offering, right? You want to have a baseline and understand how to position yourself. And then the second aspect is how to scale it or how to distribute your different tiers. And I mean, first, that's going to be theoretical. You're going to come with some type of opinion 
and then you're going to learn a lot and you want to iterate and see if your course correction is accurate. You want to validate as much as you can during this time because it's going to be the most volatile time and exciting time that you're going to have at the end of the day. But mm. I mean, I, I think we both know the biggest thing that we have isn't almost about features. People are open with giving joy rides in their car, but they don't want to do a lifetime deal and then also do, dilute their pricing. Uh, what's your yeah. opinion on a company aggressively cutting prices to capitalize on this adjacent to also offering their software for life? I mean, do you mean cutting prices, like offering a really, you know, enticing lifetime deal on AppSumo? Or are you talking cutting prices on their site? Or I guess you might yeah, so I mean, that. I mean, you know, it's not uncommon for a month over month price to be at $112. And we craft a lifetime deal for $69. What are the advantages of offering that type of promotional? Yeah, I mean, it breaks down to what we were talking about earlier low barrier to entry. I mean, most of these tools, what they're looking for is people to come into the door. Um, you know, people that can use for feedback, road mapping purposes. I mean, just a little bit of cash injection they get along the way is awesome. Um, but the ultimate value is not from there. So it's not, it really doesn't come to the pricing model itself. It's just what can we price things at that is going to get people in the door? Yeah. And I think also like, in the same notes and harmonies as that, is that a lot of people, when they look at that equation, they consider how much revenue potential they're losing, right? Yeah. Oh, if they would have bought this month over month for a year, I would have made $2,000 off them, but now I'm only make $69 once. A lifetime deal from my experience unlocks a type of audience that's not going to buy your monthly pricing. They probably don't even yeah. know about you. They probably won't even consider you. So this is not... Potential I don't think that's a lifetime people. deal necessarily itself. It's a lifetime deal on AppSumo just because of our audience is, is unique in that way. They're not yeah. shopping anywhere else. Um, I think if you offer a lifetime deal on your site, great. Your customers are going to be absolutely amped. The few customers you likely have at that moment are going to be stoked. But if you offer a cut, I mean, if you offer a lifetime deal outside of that, most of the communities that are offering lifetime deals have really unique very dedicated audiences who aren't shopping on your site. They're not going to be buying your MRR. So I guess that's where that really crosses off like the whole concern regarding cannibalism, in my opinion, because I know talking to partners, that's one of the main concerns is, I mean, how is it going to be perceived when I put this up and my own customers see it? Yeah. The understanding of that is people inherently have a good conscience there, right? I mean, they don't stumble yeah. upon these tools. And when they have, they're more excited about anything that this company got selected on AppSumo, right? If they're familiar with us, they know our brand or reputation. They're excited about it. And they've already built in terms of their access and their sunk cost is much higher than somebody who never explored that tool before. I mean, if you've been paying month over month for 12 months, built out an entire economy in that tool, you're not going to be disheartened, right? you're a part of that journey. You're a part of that system. You're a value customer. Um, yeah. There's not a lot of cannibalization I see there, but I, mean, I think that is one of the, the ink marks, right? The black dots of what people consider on a lifetime deal. And um, I, I think it's definitely fair to steel man the other side of this and the potential drawbacks or the controversial aspect of it. 
is all well known. Like this isn't pillow talk. This is something that people would talk about <laughs> pretty much as their first impression of a lifetime deal. Um, I mean, from your experience, what are the, what are just like the main themes behind the hesitancy or the reluctancy to contribute to this? Which I'm sure you can probably have fifteen that you hear. <laughs> but what, yeah. do you have any thematics? I mean, the main ones are one back end costs. If they have back end costs, every I mean, every tool has some costs in some respect. Um, and then two is how am I going to support these users for the next thirty years? I, I mean, if they're coming to me with questions, need onboarding help, blah, 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 how is that sustainable um, is always a concern that I see. And then, I mean, to touch on it again, it's always, you know, we got one price here. How is this going to lead to MR? Yeah. I mean, the first, I mean, unit economics is tough for anybody, right? And you want it to be sustainable. Even the most extravagant, lucrative AppSumo promotions are designed to be sustainable, which is why we don't have a graveyard of tools in our catalog. Um, and it's also why if you're a white label tool and you're listening to this, you definitely should not partake in one of these offerings because you <laughs> owe a check to the bank every single month <laughs> for how users operating with inside a project. <clears throat> but in terms of a lot of this, and I don't know if this is aggressive to say and you can disagree, but I feel like a lot of it's a fictional narrative, right? Like none of this is proven for them yet. None of this has actually happened. Um, in terms of the usage that they're deciding on, their users aren't power users using these features month over month. If they build out limits of 2,000 emails, for example, and we look at the average usage for a small business, like are your small businesses actually using 2,000 emails every single month consistently across the board or is that what you're imagining in your head for this specific offering i don't know i feel like there's a lot of projected fears that get a little bit more scrutinized with this type of concept and that people don't really pay attention to it just in normal operations yeah i mean the best way i like to break it down for partners is i mean you might not need 128 gigabytes of storage on your iphone you might need 16 but I'm going to buy the 128 because I don't know what's coming in my future. I'd rather yeah. have more than less. I'm not going to max it out, most likely. Um, but I'm going to buy it in case I need it down the line. I guess, it, does that make sense on your end? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's just uh, like a seven sin. It's gluttony, right? <laughs> like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Big words. <laughs> I mean, we always want more than we desire. If you're if you're Black Friday shopping and you set out to buy a 50 inch TV, but the 99 inch TV is the same price, like what are you buying, right? Um, and also, capacity and consumption don't necessarily equal the same thing. I mean, it, obviously, with lifetime deals, we're thinking about unique economics and month over month costs. But I, I've used this before. I don't know if it's ever registered, and it might not register here either. But I always say, if I give you a lifetime deal of tacos. Right, you're probably going to start out eating like five to ten tacos a day. At some point, you're going to need either a different variety of Mexican food, and you're going to go into a different plan and buy my other items on my menu, or you're just going to give up tacos if there wasn't really that much value there. But I, I don't think any. I mean, do you predict any lifetime deal users ever planned out to ten years or fifteen years the way people's project these usages? 
I mean, I would like to think no, and I know from experience no, but I did read an article about a guy who ate a Big Mac every single day of his life. <laughs> so I do know there are weirdos out there who do that. Um, but to bring it back into the actual topic, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I, I, and I don't want to just defend this entirely, right? I mean, I think there is situations where a lifetime deal doesn't make sense. Um, if you have a very expensive infrastructure, right? I, I know a lot of web scraping companies have to pay a good amount of fees every time any website is scraped ever, right? You never want to build something out where you know for a fact that you're risking bankruptcy. And and yeah. we wouldn't let that happen either on our side for you guys. Um, mm-hmm. Live streaming tools, right? If you don't have proprietary software and a really good service provider, every minute hour of consumption can really scale the operating cost for a company. Um, I guess from your side, Jason, when is, when is it the right position to understand the unique economics may not be detrimental, but they're a little tight, but still push forward with, with one of these efforts, knowing the long game. Yeah. I mean, it really just plays into, you know, what you value at that time, how much it's costing for you to acquire users, how much it's going to cost in the back end, really having that balancing act of how much you're willing to, you know, let up to get those users for free um, and how, you know, much value you're going to put into that and put into using that community to help your business thrive. I guess that is generally, you know, my thought process on it. If you have something different, I would love to hear it on your end. No, I think that's a really good point that we didn't touch on yet. I mean, you could literally spend $20,000 in a month on marketing and get three users who churn the next month. Yeah. And no one really considers that opportunity cost versus, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, I'm going to get a thousand users who are going to be using my tool, giving me feedback and then talking about my product and hopefully leaving social proof and giving me a public identity and sure eating a little bit of cost, but at least I'm creating a brand, right? I mean, yeah. there's more uncertainty in the alternatives of not just having people in your project. And if you're in a stage where you need that type of intelligence, I, I don't really know what else is, as predictable right at least at least if you build out a campaign you can predict what happens if people use the usages every single month times the number of users in your tool and how much that's going to cost you (laughs) there's no way to predict how marketing works it is it's like chasing the green dragon Mm -hmm. and i mean what's unique about AppSumo is you know the fact you do get that entire lifetime value of a customer it's extremely predictable you know exactly what you're getting right at the purchase as opposed to not knowing the churn for a lot of these companies it could be you know three months it could be two years um it's just something that's unknown whereas AppSumo is completely known yeah and i mean just trying to play devil's advocate like a little bit more and get inside of the the psyche of someone who's tentative on this um what are your thoughts if a lot of what we said doesn't register with the company because they already have traction and they already have users and they already are kind of off to the races on their rocket ship to the moon. Yeah. I mean, there's a million different reasons why a startup might want to launch a lifetime deal. Um, and all breaks down to what their goals are when it comes to more upmarket companies, um, 
who are more established or they're, you know, might be targeting people that might be more in the enterprise space or a little bit higher than the SMB or agency space, it really breaks down to a couple of things, a couple of reasons. One, um, they might be launching a new feature set that they want feedback on, rebranding a tool altogether. Um, and three, the biggest thing I see, especially working with international companies, is they want a globalized audience. So a lot of people start off in their one country um, and they really crush it there. And what AppSumo is ultimately able to do is help you crush it outside of there. If you're based in you know, India or based in Korea, we'll expose you to not only you know, the Americas, but also a ton of Europe as well. So that's, I mean, the biggest pitch that I see is globalization, launching new features, um, getting feedback on those, and ultimately just rebranding. And a lot of things, a lot of times with parent companies and these larger companies, they also have little sub companies that they want to, you know, launch separately and then suck back in um, once they get, you know, feedback and get that all tested out. Yeah. No, I mean, when you're a startup, it's like Richard Branson. It's like, screw it, let's do it. <laughs> you know, what do you have to lose at that point? When you're an enterprise, you just have to have the right reasons and understand how productive it can be and how much involvement you don't have to spend reinventing your brand through marketing, ad campaigns, social efforts, and just build some resemblance of a community. You can categorize, you can filter, you can aggregate users in different colonies and such and be able to use that for a more productive approach there. But I mean, I think, I think we did a good job, man. I think if I was listening, I feel like I'd at least know either we're terrible speakers or I know what the <laughs> deal is. <laughs> exactly, dude. I'm, I mean, personally, I'm amped up to talk to some of these partners, you know, pick their brain after they've launched or if they decided not to launch. All these different scenarios we're about to, you know, be able to harness and expose to the rest of the audience. So super excited for that. Um, so be looking forward to a podcast every week coming out with some pretty awesome partners here in the next few weeks. So stay tuned. Yeah. And if you guys thought we were, we were brown nosing at all, what we work for, and we're talking to companies that performed great and made over a million dollars in revenue. We're talking to companies that only are getting on here to rip my guts apart. <laughs> um, we're talking to people who didn't even say yes, right? This is a public social experiment, right? And all we're trying to do is give you guys real time feedback and real time companies. So Jason said, welcome to the fucking sassy boys and we're out of the red zone. Touchdown. <laughs>